0: Yehuda Geber with uh, another Jewish History podcast, Jewish History Soundbites podcast, um, in honor of the festivities uh, currently surrounding the centennial celebration of one of the most important and influential um, institutions of Jewish traditional education, Yeshiva's V'edas. So we'll speak a little bit about the background of this incredible uh, place. Um, the yeshiva was founded by two laymen, two, what we would call Balabatim, mainly by Binyamin Wilhelm. Binyamin Wilhelm was a Radezchotzer chassid from Lodz in Poland, who had immigrated to America. He came from a family of Radezchotzer Hasidim, and together with Louis Dershowitz, his his partner in the founding of the yeshiva, um, in Williamsburg, uh, up until that point, the, all the yeshivas—all there was only about three or four of them—in the United States were in were in the Lower East Side. Not many people went, and they wanted to found a yeshiva, and they enlisted the help of a local rav who was a very famous and charismatic and, and uh, leader in the rabbinic scene in the United States at the time, Reb Zev Gold. Um Rav Zev Gold actually came from a big rabbanisha family, a Litvish Rabanisha family. His original name was Krat- Kravchinski. I highly doubt that I uh, pronounced that correctly. And his father was a Rav in in, uh, in the Litvish area of Poland. And he knew a Chaim Weiser at a young age. He studied at the Mir Yeshiva in Poland by Rabbi Baruch Kamai. And he later on this Zev Gold learned in the yeshiva in Lida. Lida, which is a, a town, a larger town, actually not far from Radin, um, was the Rav of the town was Rabbi Yaakov Rhinus, the founder of the Mizrahi, a big Tamar of the Netziv in Valozhin, story in itself for another time. And he founds a yeshiva in Lida in 1905. And the uniqueness of the Lydda Yeshiva is actually quite a bit of uniqueness. The Reynas had his own Derech Halimud, and um, um, they had certain classes that were in Rosh In Hebrew, he had a lot of uh, interesting ideas that he implemented in his Yeshiva. He was a visionary. He was quite a trailblazer in both Jewish education and in other ideas. And one of the main new ideas that he had in his Yeshiva in Lida was that he combined secular studies together with the yeshiva, because he felt that in the modern times, that's the only way to, or, or that's a preferred way to uh, to run the yeshiva, to keep the Bacharim in the yeshiva, and also train them to be Rabbanim in the modern world. They should be able to speak Russian, they should be able to be a bit educated, and this would increase their potential influence in the modern world, in modern society. Um, and because of that ideal in the yeshiva in Lida, Rav called the yeshiva Teira Vadas. and Das. Das was very often throughout Jewish history a uh, nickname for uh, Chachma Chitzayinus, for outside and secular knowledge. So this was a yeshiva where there was Vadas. And uh, that yeshiva, Rav Reynas himself had passed away in 1915, during World War I, the yeshiva had gone into exile, like most of the other yeshivas during World War One. And a couple of years later, even less, within a year or two of Rhinus's passing, the yeshiva had completely fallen apart. His son tried continuing it in the Ukraine. It never really um, reached its former glory. So Rabzev Gold, who was already a rabbi in the United States at the time, in Williamsburg, he served as a rav in several places in San Francisco, also in other places uh, across America before he he uh, immigrated to uh, Israel in 1924. Um, but he was a rav in Williamsburg at the time. And recently, his alma mater had closed down, in the Liddy Yeshiva of Torah So he actually initiated the he floated this idea to call this new yeshiva Tayar uh, Vadas, First of all, as a memorial to his yeshiva, this large and prestigious yeshiva. But in addition, um, Rabbi Yom and Wilhelm and the founders of the yeshiva, Rabbi Zev Gold himself, they thought that this yeshiva also should combine secular studies and, and with, the, with the religious curriculum because in America, they felt that nothing else would work. Now, keep in mind, that we're talking about a elementary school level yeshiva. The Masifta comes much later in 1926 when Rabbi Shraga Five Mendelovich uh, is already involved. we are talking about an elementary school. Now, 99% of Jewish kids in America, maybe more, are going to public school. The three or four yeshivas that do exist in the Lower East Side, we're talking about at elementary school level. The they are they are um pure as it were, they're only religious studies. And that's one of the reasons no one sent their kids there. So they felt that we would have an elementary school yeshiva that would combine religious studies with secular studies and maybe parents would agree to send them to this yeshiva. So that was another reason that he thought that Vidas would be a good name for the yeshiva. And they accepted it. So it became Vidas based on Rabbi Zev Gold's suggestion. He's appointed the president of the yeshiva for several years. He's not involved in day-to-day. He doesn't really give classes in the yeshiva. Again, it's an elementary school. Um, But he's very involved in the initial stages. He eventually, he's a very busy man. He was the head of the Mizrahi, founder and head of the Mizrahi in the United States. He brought in Rameir Barilan, the youngest child of the Nitziv, to found the Mizrahi together with him in the U.S. Um, He was involved in building many institutions of yeshivas, of learning, of schools, a uh, tremendous builder of, of Torah and and uh, and um, other institutions in America, eventually moves there to Yisrael. Um, Rav Kook, uh appoints him to spread Torah and build schools on many of the new settlements throughout the country. He comes very often back to the United States He's actually in America for a period of time during World War II. He's very involved in Hatzalah work. He marched in the Rabbis' March in Washington in 1943. Moves back to Eretz Yisrael uh, and he stays there till the end of his life. He actually was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, the State of Israel's Declaration of Independence. He um, died in 1956 and is buried in the Sanhedria Cemetery next to Reb Meir Bar Ilan, his son-in-law actually was a famous person. He was a big Talmud of the Alter of Reb Dov Katz, who was a big dying in the Rabbanut in Israel, and he wrote a very, very famous and important work, multi-volume work on the Mussar movement called Tnuas Hamussar, and that this Reb Doiv Katz was a son-in-law of this Reb Zev Gold. In any case the the is founded, and of course, there's opposition from both sides. Uh, the ones who feel that a yeshiva can only be a pure institution of Torah study, even at the elementary school level, even at the cheder level, they were opposed to the fact that the yeshiva incorporated secular studies into its curriculum. And the ones who felt that the United States is different... In uh, in America, things are different. We don't have yeshivas. We send the kids to public school. So they were upset that he was opening a yeshiva altogether. you know. It's one thing to have it in the ghetto of the Lower East Side. You're already moving across the bridge to Brooklyn, to Williamsburg, and you're still opening a yeshiva. You're bringing these old archaic ideas, and those people were opposed to it also. But Binyamin, Rabbi Wilhelm Louis Dershowitz and Rabbi Zev Gold and the others who were involved at the founding, there were quite a few others, uh, they persevered and they, they did not care what other people thought. So they, they, they really worked hard to keep it going. Um, Reb Zevgold actually for a period of time would go door to door and beg people to send their children to this yeshiva until they had about 25 or 30 students. And uh, a couple of years after its arrival, they hire Reb Shraga Feivel Mendelovitch to be the new, first principal of the yeshiva. Uh, Rav Shaga Feivel Mendelovitch was a Hungarian Jew. So here you have Rabbi Yama Wilhelm, was a Rada Shatzor from Lodz in Poland. Rabzev Gold was a Litvish And a couple of years later, the first principal is a Hungarian Jew. And that really, also this variety and diversity really comes to define Terevidas for a while also. Rav Shaga Feivel was appointed the principal in 1922, and he remains the Menahel, the principal for the remainder of his life until he dies in 1948. Fascinating person, one of the great architects of Taira, not only in Tehra Vedas and the other institutions he founded within Tehra Vedas, um, but also in America in general. And the hand that he had in building Tehra is really almost unparalleled. Um, he first expanded the elementary school. He eventually opens the Masifta, in 1926, like we mentioned, he eventually opens a base medrash program in Tarividas, and he eventually opens a elite base medrash program, which he founds in Muncie, base Medrash Elion. Mm. He eventually uh, opens. He helps newly arrived Russia yeshiva in the in the founding of their yeshivas. He helps out high in Berlin, mm. Tells in Cleveland, BMG in Lakewood, or Byron Cutler. He sends his top guys. To Rabarn Cutler, and they tell him you're hurting based Medrash El-Ying If you send your top guys to Rabarn Cutler and his new yeshiva, and he says, "I'm not worried about my yeshivas. I'm worried about spreading Torah in America." And uh, Rabarn Cutler gives high level shiurim, so I cannot send him my second rate guys and keep the top guys for myself. I have to send him the top. So who was this man of Shraga Feivel? He was a Hungarian Jew who came from a Hasidish home. Uh, but he also learned in the yeshivas of the tradition of the chsam Seifer in hungary the oiberlan learned by the shevet Seifer, and then to top it off he also was very very much influenced by rabsham shuner fall Hirsch by the whole idea of Tairam derech heretz it very much talked to him he drew criticism and uh, opposition for that for the rest of his life because he he was really in a unique position he he was Hungarian on one hand. He was Hasidish on the one on the other hand. He was a part of the Chassam Sofer's tradition on the other hand, and he also was a very big supporter of Reb Shunafal Hirsch. And he believed in Tyra and Derech To make things even worse, he was also a bit of a Zionist. Um, most of the the fi- financiers of Tyre Vedas in those early days were affiliated with the Mizrahi. Reb Shargafivel himself was uh, very close with the Zionist movement, with the Mizrahi, and he really represented and, 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 tra- and belonged to all worlds. In fact, when the dedication ceremony to the building of the yeshiva, he insisted on flying a Zionist flag, but he had stitched into the flag the Pesach of the Novi Malachi Zichru Tires Moshe Avdi, in other words, if you remember that the priority is the Torah, the priority is keeping Torah mitzvahs, so then you can also have an element of nationalism. You can also maybe have a Jewish state, and there the whole world went against him. The Zionists said, "How dare you desecrate the holy Zionist flag by stitching words and letters and psukim into the flag?" And everyone and the religious opposed, and they said, "How can you fly the flag?" How can you fly the flag of the nationalists, of the Zionists? And he said, I believe what I believe, and this is what I believe is correct. And therefore, I I, I am doing my own thing. And that's what he always did. He did his own thing. He was not scared of opposition and of what other people would think. He did what he felt was right. He lived, he was a visionary. He lived in what he wanted to be in ideals. He didn't settle for any half measures or anything less. And he was a builder and a fighter and a doer his whole entire life. And that's why he was so successful at building so many institutions. He also built the Eish Dos Teacher Seminary. He was the founder of Tayru Masaira. He had the first religious Orthodox summer camp, Camp Pasifta. And then more and more and more things. He once said that his ideal of what he wants Teiru Vadas to be would be a combination of everything. He wants it to have the learning of the yeshivas of Lita, the yeshivas of Lithuania. He started a tradition of hiring Litvisha, Rashi Yeshiva, which continues till this very day. Some of the greatest and most famous names were Rashi Yeshiva and Tere Vedas. And, and uh, he said, I want the learning of, of the Litvisha Yeshivas. And I want the yashrus, the, the, um, the Yashras of the yekkes." Of, of, of the Shrub of All Hirsch, of the Yeke's, of the German Jews. I want the diktika the exactness in keeping mitzvis of his own background, of Hungarian Jews. And I want the fire, the bren, the light, the fire, the warmth of Hasidus, of Polish Hasidus in the yeshiva. And I want the idealism of Americans. When he immigrated from Hungary to the United States, he saw Americans as Jews and non-Jews, as idealists, as pushing, as doing, as aspiring for more, as not settling for less. And he said, that's something I want to emulate and have in my yeshiva as well. I want to have a combination of everything. And that's what he did. He tried to do and attempted to do in the chinuch that he gave over in Taravidas. I remember uh, discussing, and uh, one of my uh, trips we did with, um, in uh, one of the most... Uh, Tremendous askin in the United States, Reb A. Biederman was was with us on the trip, and and uh, his involvement in many Jewish aspects of, of aspects of Jewish life, especially Tarvadas the alumnus of Tarvadas, and we discussed these early days of Tarvadas and how it got its name, and and that's when uh, um, we brought up this this ideal of of Tarvadas, not only from its founding and how it got its name, but with a vision that that Reb Shraga Feivel took with it to, uh, to, uh, to go with his yeshiva. He really wanted a combination of everything to be in the yeshiva. Interestingly enough, they had quite a few very famous American characters on the American scene afterwards in those early years, and they were influenced by people like Reb Shraga Feivel and later his successors um, and the Rashi Yeshiva that he, that he uh, hired. Just one interesting anecdote um, Rabbin Sian Shankar, the great Majitz Chassid and the one who dedicated his life to teaching us and teaching the whole world his Majitz, the the Nigunim, and the Nigunim that he composed in the spirit of Majitz, learned in Yeshiva's Terevadas in the early years. And there was a, and also at the same time as him, who was a younger Bacher, he was younger than him, was, was Karl Karlbach, a recent refugee from Germany but escaped the Nazis and made it to the United States with his family. And Rishleiman Karlbach later said in his later years that the one who taught him uh, Nigun, the one who taught him how to sing and, and the beauty of a Hasidic Nigun, was Ben Sien Shankar, and he introduced him to majzits. And in fact, the earliest, earliest Rishleiman Karlbach uh, Kumzitsin, before he composed any of his songs, and he was still a Bacher, were majzits or Nigunim because that was the only ones that he had. He didn't have his own yet. And he later said in his later years, he testified about himself that he never, he composed thousands of songs. He said, I never composed a song that was not influenced by majzis. And to just imagine that that, uh, that took place in the dorm room in the early Theravadas years. So that also happened in Theravadas. Um Supposedly, Rav Shagafaivel, just recently I saw this story I've not been able to verify it, but it's a good legend that uh, that goes it goes together with the trend of today. Um, supposedly before Shraga Shagafai left Hungary, he got a bracha from Rav of Karestir to have success when he moves to America. And uh, I guess that has a part to it also, if that story allegedly happened. Um, he eventually had tremendous, like we said, Rashi Yeshiva, maybe some of the uh, Rashi Yeshiva we'll talk about in a future um, podcast because they're a story in themselves. Um, some Altamir's were a bame there. Reb David Leibowitz was an early Rashi Yeshiva there. He left because of disagreements he had and about the direction that the Yeshiva should be going that he had with Reb Shagafievel. Reb Shagafievel was quite an independent thinker. He had some interesting things. After the Holocaust, in fact, he became a vegetarian. He said there's enough killing in the world after the Holocaust, and he doesn't want any more killing, even of animals, to be done because of him. And he became a vegetarian. So he was definitely an independent-minded person. And uh, the Vidas, through Shagafaival and through the great people that led it, had uh, spun off a tremendous influence on the American Torah scene, the American educational scene, and its influence is felt and continued till this very day and uh, we'll hopefully speak further about that at another opportunity. Suzy so Hudi um with another podcast. Um, you can email me at ygebss at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe now to Jewish History Soundbites on iTunes or on, um, on Google Music Play, Spotify. Don't miss an episode of our podcast if you enjoyed, you can give a rating, share with your friends and fa- a good rating, and you can share with your friends and family. Follow us on Twitter, at jsoundbites, and we hope you enjoy.